What's going on, collective listeners? How are we doing today? Uh, today, we have Nick Mascioli, who is the Director of Athletic Performance at the Second Baptist School. Uh, he's he's awesome dude, man. This is uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this podcast. We discussed specifically uh, that transition from going from one job where, you know, performance and wins and losses are the ultimate goal and the ultimate uh, decision maker in terms of your job to working with a younger population and obviously really trying to focus on the specific tasks and the demands that they have uh, in terms of trying to build out robust humans and getting them to have a, a more higher quality relationship when it comes to training education around that training and obviously living a longer and more robust life so um enjoy this podcast There's a lot we go at a lot of different angles here but nick really brings a lot of good content a good a lot of good information so enjoy it Nick, what's going on? For all of you guys who just tuned in, we're uh, actually discussing the difference between uh, food situations from the south and to, you know from from the northeast to the south. So yeah, but as I was saying, like I just feel like the like being down south was like it was a good experience. Like it was cool. Like when I was at Alabama, it was great and everything like that. But it was just like I just I knew there was like one spot called like Geno's, and I was like I'm not. I'm not going to go there because it's just not important for me to get like, that's not why I'm down here. You know what I mean? It's like, if I like, you know what I mean? I just don't think it would have been been right. You know, like my mom's from Italy. And I think, I think we would have had some serious problems if I had gone to Gino's, you know what I mean? So she's like, that's why like coming back, I was like, dude, I need, I need some pizza. Like I need to go. And like, I don't, and I don't want to like, you don't have to get into like, you know, like, like, listen, like you want pizza, like you're going to go to Philly, you're going to go to New Haven, Connecticut, you're going to go to New York, right? Like, you know, obviously there's Chicago's in there, but I think, I think New Haven actually just won the, like the pizza bowl or whatever it was. Like, um, I forget what, I, I forget the name yeah. of it, but it was, I think like some, some Instagram account holds this like bracket or whatever, where it's like, yeah. they like go through or whatever. Like, I think Philly was like in the final, like two or three or something like that. They always like, I mean, there's, there's good people. Like it's wherever the Italians decided to migrate when exactly. they came over here like they landed yep. in like you know new york new jersey you know obviously connecticut and then you know philly and then a little bit in boston right so it was like they just decided <laughs> to like hang out there and that was where that was where pizza was locked yeah. into but anyway nick thanks for joining us man this is good stuff um why don't you uh introduce yourself a little bit and uh kind of tell us and, and and me obviously you know your story right like how to take us through like where this whole thing started and, and where you're at now and you can even run through obviously what uh what you guys are doing at um at the second Baptist school. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Anthony, and thanks for having me to uh, really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, love to tell a little bit about my, about my story. Glad that I'm on here. And uh, yeah, so really for me, um, wow. You know, I mean, athletics has always been just a really um, strong passion of mine. You know, ever since I was a kid, my dad really just uh, sort of instilled that into me was a great basketball player. And, you know, we just played all different types of sports, basketball, soccer, baseball, baseball was probably the one that was uh, most accustomed to. So fortunate enough to play um, college baseball at Westchester University, um, just outside of Philadelphia. um, And uh, just really made some good relationships there. Um, uh, Also was part of a national championship team in 2012. So uh, that was, that was pretty cool to sort of get what that winning concept was sort of like. And, uh, you know, from that really, um, you know, I, I had a lot of injuries uh, in college. You know, I, I had one severe injury in high school, then really like these like non-contact, you know, um, injuries that sort of were occurring in baseball that really sort of stunted my career. And, uh, you know, sort of was just going through the mindset of, hey, like, you know, if I if I really had somebody that maybe sort of knew what they were doing in the weight room or in some way, shape or form, you know, could could this have been avoided? And obviously we all know that, you know, 
um, resistance training um, can help reduce the risk, but it's never going to, you know, fully solve the issue. But, you know, it just sort of went down that rabbit hole and, you know, really like physical fitness. And so um, originally majored in pre-physical therapy and then really realized I like the exercise science side of things and the weight room. And so graduated from there in 14, actually um, did a really, uh, really my, my biggest mentor, um, Rob Ravina, who, uh, um, um, is a great strength coach in the area in Philadelphia. He um, uh, primarily worked with baseball players. Um, was one of Eric Cressy's uh, first interns. So really, sort of um, um, that I felt like that, that was like my first like really good taste of of what strength conditioning sort of was. I remember being like my my last semester of college and and like almost like realizing in six months I was going to be having to be a coach of some sort, and I felt like so underqualified and underprepared. So I really felt like it was a blessing, man. I just ran into him and he just sort of gave me just uh, some really good tools and understanding concepts of what I thought good training was like and just started learning how to coach from there. Um, I worked with him for a year, uh, went to massage therapy school, actually, um, to get my soft tissues license. Um, and then through there, did another internship in 15 with um, at Indianapolis Fitness and Sports Training uh, with Mike Robertson and Bill Hartman. Wow. And then through there, I really got a... Um, I mean, that was, that was an unbelievable experience, just sort of learning under those guys in that lens. Um, and then, you know, they sort of were able to get me connection in professional baseball. Um, I, I ended up being able to take a job as a minor league strength coach with the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, from 2016 to uh, into 2018. Um, really just good experience and fond memories there, just working yeah. in professional baseball uh, and learning from Joe Hughes, who was my, uh, my, uh, my boss at the time and they sort of really ran like almost like a collegiate style of training there um even in the midst of uh, uh professional baseball which was really cool so I sort of got a, a little bit of that feel and then really just realized that you know I think I wanted to find like a different avenue I think that's what's so so is it so interesting about strength conditioning right it's just like there's just so many different niches that you can get into yeah. and um actually went back to grad school at East Stroudsburg University got my master's degree Nice. And, um, at that moment I was like, Hey, like, you know, I'm 27 going into 28, like, man, I got to find another job again. And I had a couple, I had a couple things lined up. Um, you know, actually was thinking about teaching classes at East Stroudsburg. Um, and then maybe do some private, private stuff with a friend of mine. And, you know, um, ran, got a random phone call from, uh, an old high school friend that I worked with. Um, he, uh, he, um, connected me with uh, someone that he was working with, uh, um, who was an athletic director at Second Baptist School. They were looking for a new strength coach. And I've always was really intrigued about just that dynamic of high school strength conditioning. It just seemed like a really cool fit and uh, um, just a really cool like um, group and setting of kids at work with. And uh, yeah, and that was like February 2019. And so three months later, I'm down June 1st. And yeah, I took the job. And so I haven't really looked back. And so been been um at Second Baptist from June of 2019 till now. And uh, it's definitely been such a blessing. And um I I, I love it. You know, it's and it's funny, I think, you know, for anyone that's maybe an aspiring strength coach or working in the the professional field, you know, I think, you know, there's always this feeling of like, wow, I need to like find my dream job or the right fit right out of college. And, you know, I can be the first one to tell you it, it takes a while to sort of see maybe what type of avenue that you you would fit in or really fit your lifestyle and you know yeah it took me about six seven eight years to figure that out and then once I got to second baptist and being in that high school middle school setting um you know I was like man this is for me you know and so um um yeah so um I'm the I'm the director of athletic performance at second baptist school so I worked with sixth grade through 12th grade 
um, sixth through eighth is primarily through their um, curriculum and PE. And so we sort of see our kids two times a week, just teaching them just fun foundational movement patterns, you know, progressive overload principles, um, and really just giving kids an appreciation for the weight room and just taking care of their bodies. And then really just trying to move that into high school as they get a little bit more, um, you know, I would say serious with their athletics. And then even for students that don't play sports, just once again, just continuing to model like what it means to take care of your body and give, give kids lifelong skills. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've really learned as a high school and middle school strength conditioning coach is that really at our school, we have multi-sport athletes. And then from those kids, you know, 1% of those kids are potentially going to find their place at a collegiate level playing college sports. And so the other 99% of our kids aren't going to have that exposure, you know? So like, what, what am I doing to teach these kids lifelong skills beyond, um, you know, their tenure at second Baptist school, you know, because even then after that, it's like, man, you know, even if I do get a college, um, you know, a scholarship, you know, we just had a, 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 an athlete of ours just get accepted to Villanova. He played his first year football at Villanova university, you know, and it's like, well, man, his career could be done in three years, right. you know? And it's like, well, you know, that's still st- short. Um, that's still a short career. It's like, man, you still got, you know, Lord willing 40, 60 years ahead of your, ahead of yourself, you know? And so, right. you know, to me, the value is like, if I got a phone call, like when I'm 65 years old and retired, maybe from a kid that's 50 and like, Hey coach, like I'm still like taking care of my body and you know learning how to exercise like those are the things i think uh, really like um are life lasting and, and and what really make me um excited about what i do so um obviously we with our program we try to give it a collegiate aspect niche just to get our kids that exposure but at the same time we're also trying to get our kids exposure to all different types of fitness and and uh, exercise training modalities to you know get them involved into that experience and learning how to take care of themselves yeah that's really interesting and i'm almost wondering like don't you think that i mean this is obviously like like regardless like even some of the kids who actually go on and play college sports right like you said like the careers could end fairly quickly but wouldn't you even make can you make the argument of like college training conditioning coaches who are working with like 18 and 22 year old kids even like despite the fact that obviously there is a there's a large push towards obviously preparing them for their sport and i would be the first one to tell you right we need to be specific in terms of like the demands and how we go about actually preparing them for the sport no doubt about it but I mean, like you said, even at that level, like the amount of that, those kids who are actually going to go on and play even further than that, right? Who's like actually going to be able to extend their career beyond those four years that they're playing in college is very minimal. Um, and so what I see now a lot, you know, in terms of like working with general population is like the forgotten athletes, right? Like those who were like, I was once an athlete. And as soon as I became a non-athlete, everyone forgot about me or didn't care because it wasn't providing value to the university or whatever anymore or whatever school, you know, I was part of. Right. And so, you know, don't you, don't you think that it might actually be pretty beneficial for even collegiate training and conditioning coaches who might listen to this podcast to continue to expose all of their athletes to a wide range of training modalities and fitness levels and try to get them um, a better and like a healthier relationship, I would say with their outlook on training. Right. Because I think right now what you see in college training and conditioning is they have to do it, right? Like I yep. talked to a lot of collegiate athletes. It's like, yeah, I, I have to, like I have a schedule, like I signed up for this, right? I have a scholarship. So they're like, we expect you to go to class. We expect you to go to training. We expect you to come to practice. We expect you to be at, you know, rehab, prehab by this time, that kind of deal. And it has a little bit more of like, and I'm not saying that like it should or shouldn't be that way, but it just kind of, it just is. So like they have to do it or whatever, the, whatever the case is. That's not really the point that I'm trying to make here. My point is because of how structured and how rigid it can be, it creates this outlook on training and this perception of training for a lot of the 
the kids that I think that are involved is like, oh, this is a chore. This is a task that I need to accomplish as opposed to, I, you know, as you get into your, you know, your adult years, it's like, I need to wake up. I need to challenge my body physically and mentally throughout the day and do some things that are uncomfortable. Right. And here's how I need to go about approaching this. It doesn't have to be in the same way that it was when I was preparing to, you know, crash up against another human being for, you know, X amount of minutes per day. Right. It just needs to be, you know, here, here's how, here's how often I need to lift. Here's how often I need to lift in order to get this type of response in order to continue to maintain some robustness and resiliency. And here's how often I need to do some sort of aerobic work and maybe even touch on some sprint. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the idea of training itself, right so um is that i mean it seems like that's what you guys are doing there and i guess my question is do you don't you see that like that do you think that it could be also possible for even people who are working at the you know collegiate and professional sectors like hey i, I know i'm gonna i'm gonna prepare you prepare you for your sport physically but at the same time i am going to kind of change your outlook and your perception on like what training is how to approach it and actually expose you to a wider range of different fitness modalities to make it so that you actually are prepared for life way beyond what we're going to do here and now yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree, you know, and, and it's, you know, I, it's so funny because I mean, there's, I mean, the, the field has really gotten to where like, man, I'm just, I listen to a podcast like this, you know, there's so much data and information on the field where it's like, man, like, I'm just so like, not smart, you know, like, you know, just, like there's just so much information, you know? Um, and so there's just so many different ways to, um, I think really get, you know, your athletes or, um, you know, for you, maybe some gen pop people to like some of the goals where uh, they need to get, you know, um, and obviously there's just general principles that like sort of like are, hey, like these are things that most people should do and they're going to sort of get into everything else. But, you know, I, I really totally agree with that, you know, um, that, you know, I think creating this environment of and, and that's really where we are with like our program. It's like, actually, you know, we really don't have like the, Hey, you have to do this as a coach thing at our school. Like, you know, for me, I have to create the positive environment, you know, for our kids that actually want to be in the weight room, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the kids that actually come through our weight room are kids like, wow, they see the value. And so I think when you can always link something to education or something that, um, they have value in, it always creates that buy-in it makes it personal for them, you know? And so, sure that's something that's really important to me. And that's how we sort of um, are moving with our class structure is that, you know, we have a pass fail course. Now we're making it a graded academic course next year. And then for the year after, hopefully we can even make it more, um, you know, honors related. So kids are actually learning these principles of why they're training, you know, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, why are we back squatting the back squatting? Do you have to back squat? What other variations are there? You know, like there's yeah. just so many questions that you can get these kids to answer. And then, you know, I think when you, you bring them along with the journey, like when you involve them, then it creates this like, wow, it makes it personal. And now I want to do it even more. And so like, when yeah. you like, not saying that to give kids choices all the times, you know, there's just different, like, Hey man, I'm just not going to do that with you because I love you too much, right. you know, but it's like, Hey, like, okay. Like, you know, if we're talking about like, Hey, we're going to get some hamstring work in. I mean, I think there's a 60 different exercise you probably could pick where it's like, Hey, maybe some autonomy there and like, Hey, like, you know, here's a handful, here's a menu that you can choose from, you know? And like, here's why, Oh, I like this one because it does this and I'm still getting the same result. You know, it's like, I think involving them in those ways, like it, cause at the end of the day for, you know, those kids that aren't going to play on the field, it's like, man, like that's what you're going to probably be doing on a regular basis for, for years and years on end. Yeah. And so at the college level, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, I'll say at college, I mean, there's, you know, there's more presence on winning and then like, you know, you have a small right. group of kids, there's a lot of different things, but I still think there's ways for you to be able to do that to that kid. It was like, Hey man, like, 
there's just so much value in here. Um, and, you know, I think especially with your, your athletes at the college level that maybe aren't like your, your tier one guys, right. Or girls that are just going to be your game changers, you know, any way you can sort of help push the thermostat with those lower level to mid, I think yeah. is always going to help, you know, um, you know, your team out, whether that's even them just being more athletic to make your, your starters even better, just to give them more, uh, exposure to what a game like her, like in practice, you know, if that's right. the case, you know, um, but, you know, I think once you, you show value in, in exercise and, and I actually, too, it's actually funny. I talked to Mike Tucker, you had him on the podcast. I would say <laughs> months ago, we, so I, I actually had some good conversations with him because he actually has two of my athletes. Oh, um, okay with the football team. So like we had some good conversations and he even said the same thing, like, you know, with one of my guys, honestly, probably the strongest guy that I ever has walked through my weight room. And like, you know, he's even saying to me, it's like, Hey man, like, dude, like we are just doing like simple things like over and over again, you know, and we're going to keep doing that till like the day we die, you know? Um, and it's like, you keep the sim simplicity with it. And, and then, you know, that just allows like your kids just to appreciate like just the consistency factor of different things and whatnot, you know? And so, um, you know, I think just in the college setting, right. It's just, um, there, there is ways to do it for sure. You know, obviously there's probably some things that you have to take in consideration, but anyway, any type of way, shape or form that you can get guys exposure to, um, just falling in love with exercise. I think that's always a win for your program. And like, you know, not, not being like completely like, oh, like I'm completely married to like these 10 exercises right. and like, we're going to do these to the day we die. Cause at least in my population, you know, you know, obviously like I have a model and an umbrella of what I want to see. And I really think of things more of like patterns, right? Like, Hey, like we're trading patterns rather than like, oh, like, you know, we're this specific exercise, you know? Right. And so whatever is going to fill that bucket for that kid you know, we'll do it, you know, and then like, you just have some more further conversation. Hey, like, you know, you're a baseball player, like maybe try this exercise instead. And, you know, and letting kids like understand just different concepts is huge. Yeah. And I think, and it's funny because when I, when, when Stephanie, our editor initially reached out to me about having you on the podcast, she was saying how you were like, ah, yeah, you know, he was working at, you know, X and here, but he thought he could have a bigger impact, obviously working in the capacity that you're working in now. And I kind of think of it as the same way, like my brother's a mechanic. And I think of it in the same way, whereas I, I say to myself, I wish I had more exposure to a lot of the things, a lot of the trades when I was younger. Right. But when, you know, like we grew up, like I went to private school because my parents wanted me to go to college and things like that. Right. So you're like, and they wanted me you know i was kind of not not necessarily doing a lot of smart things in public school right so i was like you know so you know and I, and I needed that and it was great and everything but in my mind i'm like i watch my brother and my dad work on we'll work on vehicles guys they're so so far ahead uh in, in a way like like to like to the point where i could spend the rest of my life really dedicating myself to a lot of these things but i'll never be able to fully understand it and see it in the way that they see it when they open up the hood of a, of a car or a truck mm -hmm. and i think it, it really goes with like all other things too though because so for example like when i was working in college we had talked for a second. We were like, what if we did like a day where like I brought my brother in and he kind of talked to like the team about how to change your oil, right? Or like how to kind of like once over your vehicle before you're about to go on a two to three hour trip, right? And I'm like, yeah, that would be super valuable. And to be honest with you, I don't think that this is really what we're doing for them is any different. Like we are specialists or this is our trade, right? Our trade is physical fitness, right? It's a little bit different, obviously, you know, in terms of when you compare it to like other trades, right? Like culinary and, you know, mechanics and electrician, because the medium that they work through is a little bit more black and white. It's a little more straightforward, right? Um, you know, if my brother 
you know, breaks the bolt, the bolt is broken and he has to get a new one. Whereas like we can do, you know, we can make some mistakes with the human body and obviously it's still resilient enough to overcome, which is yeah, for sure. you know, good and bad. And, you know, it's probably its own separate podcast as well. I feel like I've said that on this podcast like 17 times. It's like, <laughs> I probably should start creating those podcasts on those things that I said, yeah, but, sure, right? but I do think of it as like, cause to be honest with you, like in my, in the capacity I work with, like people don't know, like people just don't generally don't know. They don't have the, that framework. Right. And I'm like yeah. thinking to myself, like, yeah. So they, I think the impact that you can have, is great enough to the point where people won't have to look back and say, Hey, I wish I spent more time trying to gain an understanding and an educational framework around what training is, how to actually take care of myself and things of that, things that, but I don't, I don't see it much differently than, than the trades. You know what I mean? I don't yep. see it much differently yep. than, you know, it's like, I don't, when I look at, you know, some wires, like, do I have the, the background of an electrician or at least some, and I, I don't, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I wish I had more of that. You know what I mean? But I spent most of my life watching sports center on repeat over and over and over again, which I probably didn't need to watch 42 times a day, but I did when I was a kid because I was obsessed with sports. Right. And that's probably why we are where we are now. But um, yeah, you know, I think, I think that's interesting though. You're, you're providing essentially a craft in in a trade to these young kids, you know what I mean? And I think that a lot of the trades you don't see in school anymore, right? Like they don't see as much, unless you specifically go to trade school. Right. So it's like, that exposure just isn't there, but at least you're in a situation where you are providing them with some context to these things. And it's going to take them far. You know what I mean? It's going to give them that context. It's going to give them a healthier outlook on it, at least a problem solving and a decision-making process yeah. as opposed to just like the answers, like you said. Yes. So that's, that's awesome. That's good stuff. No, that's huge. I think the the word you said problem solving is, is huge. And, you know, I mean, obviously I work in a private school, just like with the population of my kids. I mean, those are like, those are things that like you sort of, you know, like that whole concept of like discovery, decision making, problem solvers. I mean, you know, and that's what I try to tell my kids, especially that like want to get to the next level. It's like, hey, like those are really the athletes that tend to get to the next level. They're the best decision makers. They're PhDs in their sports. You know, like they they understand those concepts. And like, you know, a lot of our kids in this day and age, you know, whether it might be technology or whatever's going on, like, you know, like that free play stuff, you know, like they don't really like know how to make choices, you know, yeah. or make these decisions. And so it's like, even in a weight room, like with how we structure is like, man, I want to teach these kids like on how to make decisions for themselves, you know, and, and like, Hey, like actually like care about the person next to you, you know, like, so like when we're in middle school, it's like, we partner every kid up and it's like, dude, like, we almost do like a less is more mentality where it's like, I'm not trying to get exercises in. Like I want the exercise that we're doing to be done really well. Right. Um, and I want you to learn how to coach it, you sure. know? So it's like, literally it's like, Hey, like this is like, if a one is your, let's say it's like a, a goblet squat, you know, you know, a two is coach the goblet squat. Right. And then like in between that moment, you're giving each other feedback. And so once again, you're creating a mental model for them to actually learn and understand these things. And they can also make choices for themselves. But, you know, I think that's huge what you said, like teaching kids a problem solve, problem solve more tools in the toolbox. I mean, it's huge for these kids. That's right. I mean, and that, that what you just outlined too, is also, there's a ton of discipline in being able to like execute an exercise and then also like remove yourself emotionally from the set that you just had and also mm-hmm. take care of your training partners. Right. I think that that's something that's lost a little bit in terms of the, the weight room, you know, etiquette that I've seen. Yeah. Um, like when I was working in the private sector, that was something that was touched on like pretty early on. It was like, Hey, like, here's how we spot. Here's how we size spot. And even when I was competing in powerlifting, we're talking about guys who were benching over like 900 pounds, some of the best, you know, bench pressers in the world that I was fortunate enough to be able to be around. Um, these guys are still spotting as soon as there's weight on the bar, you know what I mean? Side yeah, spotting, yeah. take care of each other, right? Because it's just more, it's more of like a, a weight room etiquette, the discipline to be able to kind of focus in, take care of your training partners, obviously, because, you know, 
their life is in your hands, right? So, and you, you would hope that obviously they would do the same, like when you're under the bar, right? So I think that there's, there's definitely, and then the, obviously the ability to coach it, explain it and be able to articulate it to somebody else. That's obviously going to cement that educational for, piece further in their brains and, and, and into their mindset. But I think that that's, that's interesting. I, I, I love that, that aspect. I feel like that's lost a little bit. And certainly you walk around weight rooms across the country. I mean, even some of the stuff that I think it's funny because like a lot of the stuff they put out on video, like a lot of these like schools are put on video. I'm like, man, you're not like, embarrassed at all that like that's what is going on in your in your weight room just it's just like it just looks like absolute chaos you know and i'm not saying that it's got to be like militarized but i mean it's like what like there's got to be like some you know to I mean? like at least put like if that's what you're willing to put out there then i can't imagine what it looks like on a daily basis because obviously typically what you highlight are things that look good yeah. that you think look good and i'm like i can't imagine what what it, what it was like, like on a daily basis like dang bro but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's that's that's cool that you have them doing that though because they've got to be like all right yeah like i'm a like coaching something too like it gets like it gives them that like that that powerful feeling of like hey coach trusts me to coach my teammate in this you know what i mean like that's massive for them no yeah no i mean man yeah it's it's funny like you've probably had these days before anthony where it's like man dude i'm just i don't know what it is i'm just like a bad coach like you just like (laughs) go through down those like man dude i just feel like i'm just in a rut like you know all these every day you know (laughs) right you know my wife like nick like relax you know Uh, yeah and um it was funny like i you know was the the nice thing about um being a high school or middle school strength coach especially at the private school it's like you know you're really it's really like a classroom right so like when school's out of session you're out of session so it gives you a celebration so we're on christmas break right now but it's funny you know so like i'm you know i'm visiting family members so like you know i'm always trying to make sure like i'm getting some exercise in while i'm away so you know i'll go to like a general like gold's gym or like fitness and it's like it's funny, like I go to these places. And so for me, it's like, you know, obviously I have our weight room. So like, I'm always training by myself. I can do anything I want. So then I get to these places. And I'm like, in like, in those moments of where I feel like I'm a horrible coach, I'm like, man, dude, like, at least I know, like my kids, like have the weight room etiquette concept. Cause these, these, like most people like have no clue what they're doing, like, no no idea. you know? And so, you know, you, you, when you, when you're able to sit back and like really peel the layers of like, wow, like, strength conditioning there's it, you can get really deep with the science of it but then you can get really just like ground based like man there's just like these core principles that you can teach these kids yeah. that really are going to just like transcend their lives you know yeah. and so um you know it's even cool like we've really like worked on developing our middle school program over the past year and a half or two and we're really just start seeing some really good results where it's like literally these middle schoolers are just like in the weight room like and have no problem just like working with each other like yeah. coaching each other up hey like great job like you know and it's like you know working on like teaching a kid how to do a hinge pattern nice. you know and it's really cool like it just like it like when you like when you can teach kids to be self-sufficient it makes you a better coach because then you can sort of work on the two or three athletes that really need your attention a little bit more you know right. and so um you know it's just but it's it's so true i mean like just being able to teach those foundational things to kids i think uh you know, it's really given me a lot of peace because I think like when I first took a job like this, it's like you all your mind always goes to like performance, what happens on the field wins, you know, and then like when you get to a position like this, there's just things that are just so much more valuable. And if you like, if you don't have those things set in stone, man, it just doesn't really matter what comes out after that, you know, so it's like, yeah. you know, if I'm not teaching you discipline or consistency and hard work and looking out for your teammate and being a good teammate, then like the things that you actually do on the field you know, doesn't matter because at the end of the day, like you can't really like turn things on and turn things off. And like, that's like the right. thing that you try to t- tell your kids, like, listen, the way you work in the weight room 
is a great microcosm of what you do out in the field. Sure. You know, like, yeah. you know, and so it's like, if you're not holding your your neighbor to a standard or accountability or, you know, loving them person the right way, it's like, how do I know you're doing the same thing out there? Right. You know, yeah. and so, you know, teaching kids that like everything matters and that when you do things like at a high level and, you know, one of our core values at our school is just pursuing excellence, you know, and so there's, you can pursue excellence in so many different ways and it doesn't look, doesn't, sometimes it's not in this, you know, in the stack comps, not how many touchdowns you get, you know, how many points you score, but it's, you know, it's the things that people remember like years down the road, like, wow, man, like Nick was a really good teammate. He was always there. He was an everyday kind of guy. You know, yeah. I knew every day what I could get from Nick, you sure. know, and those things are valuable, especially like in the workplace, right? It's like, man, if I can bank on, you know, Johnny over here, I know he's the same person day in, day out, man, right. I'm going to take Johnny every day, right. you know, rather than the emotional, you know, psychopath that like, just like, you know, has his highs and lows, maybe has a great ceiling. Yeah. I mean, his lows are lows, you know? And so just yeah. like teaching kids, Hey man, life's going to hit you. You know, there's just different things that like, you might not be able to, um, you know, I would say walk, walk with yourself alone, but you know, sure. when you have a community, you know, yeah. and you know how to work together, those things matter. Yeah. And so it seems like you've got a really good grasp on like how you've handled that transition from like the impact that you were having to the impact that you're having now. Right. Because everything you just described seems like in your mind, you really, it's well thought out, right? Like you really have a great understanding of like what it is that you're providing in terms of information, to these kids, how to, you know, create a more robust person, right? Cause a lot of these people, a lot of these young kids are, you know, trying to figure out their way in life, right? Trying to understand the idea of like, hey, what it means to actually like make your bed when you wake up in the morning and actually tie your shoes and show up on time and things like that. Like, you know, they're, they're trying to make sense of all the information that they're getting from people, which can be which can be valuable. And that's not really like what I'm trying to get at because there's a lot of nuances there. But I think like, like ultimately you had to get yourself to a point where you were like, this is what I was doing. And this is the impact that I was having, right? You talked about like wins, losses, performance. And then now it's like, this is what I am doing now. Right. And I'm trying to like create, cultivate, like pr try to put together something that will actually like stick in these guys, these kids brains for the rest of their lives. But I would imagine that that, that was because like I struggled with that transition. I struggled with the transition from going from like, all right, you are like one exclusive coach, right? Like you're like one of like four guys on a football staff. And then it was like, you know, you're the guy that they go to for this, 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 and this. And then it was like, you know, we're, we're talking about wins. We're talking about, you know, breaking down the game, like all these things. And then it's like, you have to completely shift gears. Like you're still providing a ton of value, but it's in a completely different way. How did you kind of like navigate, like getting yourself to that point where I was like, all right, I got to be able to disassociate from what I was doing then versus what I'm doing now. And it's not even so much like, like in my, in my mind, it wasn't like, oh yeah, like you need to like, it was, it was tough because in my mind, like it was, it was, always, I always felt like when you left college football, you were a quitter, right? Like everybody looked at you as like a quitter, right? So it was like, all right, you leave collegiate sports. You, you know what I mean? You're, you're out of the professional. It's like, you're, you're out, you're not in the club anymore. Right. And that may or may not be true. And I'm sure it is for some people and it isn't for other people. And it's not really important, but like, ultimately I had to get myself to a point where it's like, this is a, just a different task that you are doing. Like this is a different stimulus is a different way of, of obstacles you have to overcome. Um, just like, it's just not even, you don't have to think. And I was able to do that pretty quickly, but I'm wondering for you, like, was that the same? Is it different? Like, how did you go about approaching that transition of having to kind of like disassociate yourself a little bit from what we were doing prior to what you were doing now? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, you know, and, and I'm with you too, Anthony. I mean, I think, uh, you know, actually I could, I could, I can attest to this. I mean, I think more, you're seeing more and more really high level qualified coaches moving to the high school ranks. Yeah. Because, you know, just, I mean, I think just from a lot of different reasons, but honestly, more importantly, man, they, there's just a need for it. 
you sure. know i mean like literally like if i was like a if i was running my own school man like dude i would like we're having like two strength coaches they're getting paid really a lot of money because mm. there's so much value here you know but yeah i mean to answer your question yeah um you, it you know, it, it it definitely took some time. I mean, just like as I look at the spectrum of my career, you know, and I think this is like, it's funny, like I, I, I came from like a semi private mold, you know, like, that's really my first exposure. And you're just like soaking up like knowledge. And like, sure. like, you know, Cressy, you know, like, you know, all, you know, Charlie, Fran, you know, whatever you can name at all these different modules and models of like, learning from people and like, you're just trying to consume this information. Mm. And, um, you're like, this is going to get me to the top, you know? And, um, you know, for the longest time I was doing that. And, and then like, you know, I start moving into a little bit more collegiate setting, professional setting, you know, more team training dynamics. And, you know, you have all this information, you know, and it's like, well, how do I, how do I actually use this information to get the results that I want, you know? And the thing that I think I learned most about more, is like, you just have to coach like you yeah. said, coach, 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 coach. And then I think when I even got to second Baptist, my, my lens was always still like performance. And like, I think I was always a great relationship builder, even sure. if my mind was like, it's all about performance and like getting like this, this, and this, I was always a great relationship builder. So I think naturally people just generally thought I cared about them, which is sure. true. You know, sure. I always care about people, but I think I really, when I really got to second Baptist, you know, you start, you know, you really start realizing like, Hey, like, like what really matters, you know? And um, I think the fact that like, you know, you really start like start talking about the soul of a kid, you know, like you just don't know the impact you're going to have on a kid. You just really right. don't, you know, like, and it's funny, like you don't even think that like you're doing a whole lot. Like I remember like days where I was like in the dog days felt like a horrible coach. I would get like an email from a parent, like, man, like you literally don't know the impact you've had on my kid. Yeah. And it's like, in my mind, I'm like, dude, like, what if I, what did I do? Yeah, you know, and it's like, you know, it's like, man, like, I guess I showed up every day, you know, and I think I kids see the passion I have about my job, you know, and I think that's the thing. It's like, I, I try to program and do things the right way and show the level of education and show the information that I know and put it in a program. Sure. Now it's more of like, not necessarily so that like kids know that I have a great program, but kids know that like, wow, I'm passionate and this matters you know, sure. and I care about them, yeah. you know, and I think it always comes back down to the athlete or the student or the general population that you're working with. Like, you know, ultimately speaking, like when you, when it's, when they really understand that they are valued, yeah. you know, and like, man, like I'm going to journey with you, let's do this together. And sure. Hey, here's some mistakes I've made in the, in my, in my road. And like, don't make those same mistakes. I think like that just puts a huge amount of value on your program and, and getting kids to sort of value it. And then from there, you know, like the athletic performance stuff just naturally comes and goes with its flow, sure. you know, but um, I think really like I might, might initially, like I started with like, man, it's all about information and being the best performance coach you could possibly be. And then ultimately realizing, wow, it's actually about like relationships and and actually caring about people. And then because I care about people, I can actually use the information that I'm passionate about yeah. to help people, you know. And so yeah. I think that's really like where I got. Yeah, I think that that's so it seems like what you're saying is like the actual like content and the tasks of the new job kind of forced you to almost like like 
just forget about like what was going on previously. It was like, Hey, like, all right, well, I have all this thing, all this in front of me now. Like, this is a totally different like yeah. challenge and obstacle. It's like, I don't have time to think about what I was doing prior and compare myself to like, you know, what that was and try to make sense of like, you know, how that fit into my career and all that stuff. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, at least like, that's how I felt as well. Like it was kind of just got to the point where it was like, okay, well, I don't know. You just become so um, like, I don't know the word, but you just, you just know you got to get a job done, right? Like yes, you get a exactly. new job and you're like, yeah. I got, I got this to do. So I don't have time to think about like how I feel about like what I'm doing now versus what I was doing. That's like, you become, you know, really in tune with like f- trying to figure out what the skills that are needed, what, you know, what the skill, what skills you need to have in order to actually mm-hmm. execute that job, what skills are needed to actually finish the yep. job of what you're doing now. I think that's, that's where I like kind of fell on that too. I was like, well, all right. So like, I have these like major tasks in front of me now. Like these are the things that I need to do in order to like obviously execute this particular job and do well for this company or this school or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? I think that that's, that's kind of what it gets down to. I, I, it's funny. Cause I was talking recently um, to somebody who works in, in professional sports and um, you know, they're, they, they work in a sort of like referee umpire situation. Right. And they were like, yeah, I was like, how do you, how do you like, how do they, how does like any sort of like governing body of sports, like get to a point where, or like any sport, like get to a point where they're okay with like deciphering whether there's any fandom within the referees who are obviously refereeing the game. Right. And he was like, honestly, it gets to a point where you have, you know, you just have such a desire to do well for the job and to do the job is, and, you know, execute the craft as well as you possibly can that you don't even think about like fandom from like when you were a kid or like what team yeah, you yeah. root for or anything like that, you know what I mean? Which I thought was really interesting. And that's kind of how I feel about this situation here is it's like, you get so, you just, you get so obsessed with like trying to do the, a good job or what you're doing that it's like, I, ha- I haven't thought about any of those things, those concerns that I had when I first took the everywhere, I was kind of just like, oh, like, you know, I, I thought like, you know, you kind of like, everybody thinks that everybody's thinking about them all the time, right? So I'm yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. oh man, like all my all my college football guys are probably just like, yo, this dude quit, like he couldn't hack, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I don't think anybody cares. Like, I don't think anybody's thinking yeah. about me at all. And that's probably why I left. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like I don't think anybody gives a <laughs> shit. So yeah, it's it's funny how that, that kind of works out, but I think that that's cool. Um, you got about like 10 minutes left here. If you, you got like 10 minutes or you could yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, for sure. Um, so kind of just wanted to, to get into like some final touches on like your thoughts of like this industry in general. Right. So like, obviously we've, you know, we've talked kind of like in a roundabout way about like the things that are going on, but I think it's really cool. Like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, start documenting people's thoughts. Right. And they're documenting their journeys, but also document where they are in their line of thinking along this journey. Right. So, um, in your estimation and kind of your, your experience, what do you think are some of the the pros and cons of what you've experienced in our field? Right. Like uh, it could be good and bad experiences for you personally, or it could just be, um, you know, honestly, there's the good and the bad that you see, you know, obviously in, in your, in your travels of, 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 you know, what, what things are going well and what things are, you know, I guess I would say not necessarily going wrong, but things that are, you know, opportunities for lessons learned and for us to continue to like refine our skills to continue to move forward. What would those be for you? Yeah, no. Wow. Great question. Um, you know, I would say, um, you know, I, I would say one of the biggest things that like, I've really, I feel like tried to, uh, grasp is, um, you know, and, and, and I would say there's, there's tons of, there's tons of strength conditioning professionals that are like this, mm-hmm. but just once again, just like realizing that like we're a community together. Right. And we're right. all trying to chase the same goals of just an impacting the, um, you know, the the clients the students the athletes the professional athletes that we're working with you know and i think a lot of times like not to say that people can be egotistical but like you know you can like you always can see like people just like you know oh like i don't like this guy or like that guy and he's not Mm -hmm. doing things the right way 
I always think, I just think from my perspective, you know, like we're always trying to journey together and like become better, you know? So like, you know, I never for myself, at least try to like look at someone's program and assume that like I would do it better because I don't know their context and their setting and what's going on, you know? And so like, you know, just always like for me, I think one of the big things is just like always like being able to learn from somebody and like build connections and, you know, help each other along the way. Cause you really just don't know um the value that somebody else can have you know and so I think like especially in our profession you know that would be one thing I would say to a young professional just like try to meet as many coaches as you can you know it's okay that you might make a mistake because you're going to I make them daily and like like you know don't attack somebody for making a mistake you know like hey like you know come alongside them and try to make them a better coach you know so you know just use your resources as a coach you know that'd be number one and number two I mean I think really um you know, obviously me having like a high school lens, middle school lens, just, there's just such, I think we're just missing the boat on like really, at least in the educational system, like really valuing a strength and conditioning professional at that level mm-hmm. and really compensating them for it. Like to me, like that should be, um, you know, a staple for any high school, you know, I mean, especially at big public schools. Like, I mean, you're even looking at like two or three coaches because, maybe you're able to testify this to a little bit, Anthony, but like, you know, I think one thing that kids or at least every college program I've seen from a kid that like is going to go to that college is just nuts and bolts and like rudimentary patterns. And I think the reason why, because it's not, it's not, has nothing to do with the coach. It's like the coach is actually doing a great job, Mm -hmm. but I think what really it is, is like, they realize that none of these kids really have true good exposure to what good performance and strength conditioning is actually like. Right. And so, you know, they're, you know, I, I bet, you know, I bet the first, you know, three, four weeks of the, of the time that that freshman is there. Like, I mean, they're, they're probably almost trying to reinforce a hinge pattern. Right. Man, what if you nail that like as a sixth grader, yeah. you know, you know, and now you have six full years of a really good coach and it's like, now they get to college, man. And now, man, you have all the fun in the world with that athlete, yeah, you know? Absolutely. And so I would say that is like, really like, you know, I don't know how you change that, but like, you know, if you're a school man, like you should put every dollar and dime down to get a top tier professional that really sees an holistic approach. I mean, even as you start in physical education of like, what is teaching, like, I think like, just at like, like, even for your general pop people, like, you know, making them like train like an athlete, because like, why would you want to like not run and jump in, in right. throw and like, like, that's going to make you more resilient, you know, you know, even like anti fragile, if you want to use that word, it's like, dude, like, I'm just like, you're going to hit me, but guess what? I'm going to be stronger because of it. Right. And once again, like we only have, live short lives. So like how much better can you like just make people better for it? So I would sure. say that like just getting like people in there in the educational system and like actually like teaching them curriculum to move well would be huge for, I think everyone. Yeah. I think that's so true too. And like, I think when it comes to actually tr- having some of those skills transfer into, you know, you think about it, you get, you get a, you know, a, a high school athlete and you're a college training conditioning coach and you kind of have an idea of what they have been and have not been taught. Right. And I think a lot of coaches, especially when you're giving them like, they're like, you know, pre like enter college program or whatever. It's like, yeah, it could be like basics and it should be basic stuff. Some of the stuff is like, 
some of the stuff that I've seen when I was working in the private sector, be like, yeah, like I'm going to this school or whatever. And this is the program they gave me. And I'm like, wow, I'm even surprised like some of the stuff that's thrown on there because you have no idea like what they can and cannot do already. Right. And so there's a little bit of like, there's a decent amount of trust that's put into there. Um, but I always thought at the private sector, I was kind of like, my job is to just prepare these guys for what they're going to be able to do next or what they're going to be required to do at the next level. So that means, you know, they need to understand how to do a, you know, a snatch or whatever. It's like, yeah. I mean, whether I care about the snatch or not is not important anymore. It's just yeah, making exactly. sure that they can actually do this thing well. But I think that like, but just imagine if we had that on like, like we go deep into the levels of like, that's, that's how our society is. Like, imagine like, that's how our culture is here in America. It's like, Hey, you know, starting in like fifth grade or whatever, like we're going to start to teach you like four, like, basic movement patterns for like sport would be like shuffle cutting you know crossover drop step right like we're going to teach you these like basic four movement patterns right and you should be able to do those all throughout like youth sports because they're kind of present at all times and then we're going to teach you like four main that we're going to like squat you know bench you know deadlift and hinge or carry whatever you know what i mean it's like dude the, the amount like how far that could do that low-hanging fruit right there and like we're not even talking about like loading anything heavy or anything like that just like that low imagine if that was your culture where it's like yeah we're like in our school in our like country we have kids starting their physical preparation journey that you know in like fifth sixth grade and it's in a very scaled and like you know controlled manner but right now i you know not to criticize like physical education i, I just don't i don't know like i don't even know what it is at that level you know what I mean? I just, I just know like what I see and like what, what I've gotten, you know what I mean? <laughs> like what I've seen come across and I, obviously what we continue to have, you know what I mean? When it comes to like people who are, you know, moving on past college and, and are just general pop and just kind of like trying to stay healthy now. It's like, I know that there is, there's a, there's a lacking of that. So yeah, there's, there's probably a lot of good things to come for this industry in terms of if you really want to do good, but um, you know, I'm hoping that there gets some, yeah, like get some really high quality, high level professionals to work with younger adults and get them before, you know, I mean they start to set into some of these ways so i think people like yourself are doing, doing an excellent job and we really appreciate it, obviously that you have like someone like yourself at that level so um good for you nick I'm, I'm i'm really pumped to have you on this podcast for sure um what i would like to give you give you the floor if you have any like final thoughts final words or any um and like you know social media anything else you want to plug any work or anything like that for people where they can find you if they want to reach out to you anything that you've done that you want you know people to or even if it's just like you know the the second baptist school website or something like that whatever whatever it is you want and you, you know final final words any closing closing thoughts or whatever and then we'll wrap up yeah no um well first off anthony thank you for having me once again um i guess from a social media if like anyone wants to follow me really we use it as just like our our page just to sort of um you know, just put some content out for uh, students to learn a little bit more. And then we try to highlight our athletes, but yeah. we'll always post some stuff there. It's like, um, we, it's ma mass strength, which is M-A-S-C and then the underscore bottom line strength. And okay. um, that's what we do on Instagram. And then, um, yeah, if anyone wants to contact me and talk shop, I love it. I mean, it would be pretty much and Masioli at secondbaptistschool.org. You can always okay. reach out to me and I love to talk. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think really the only thing I like to say is, you know, uh, I think um, what I what I try to tell young people, and here's the thing, I'm only 31. I still consider myself extremely young and still so much to grow in this industry. I mean, there's been people that have been doing it for 20, 30, if not 40 years. And so like trying to gain information from them is just so pivotal. But, you know, really, you know, don't, my, my main thing would be like, don't feel like you need to make a decision right away on where you want to be. And, and maybe some people are like, dude, I want to be a professional major league strength conditioning coach, you know, okay. and guess what? Work toward and do it, you know, but don't like get down on yourself for like getting to like double A and realizing, Hey, like, you know, maybe this is not what I want to do. And that's totally okay. You know, yeah. um, you know, professional sport, like every, every place. And I think in strength conditioning, you know, has its pros and has its cons. You know, I can tell you this, I've, 
you know, there's, I can honestly say at times, like the job that I currently have now has been some of the most frustrating moments of my entire life, but I'll tell you what, it's been some of the most rewarding moments of my entire life. You know, you just got to really figure out what matters to you most. You know, if that's in the semi-private setting, the hours you want to work there, or um, you do want to work with pro athletes, like, listen, there's always pros and there's always cons. And you sort of have to figure out what works for you and experiences will give you that. So try as many experiences as you can. And then make a choice from there, but you're never going to go wrong just when you try to learn. All right. Yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate that. That's a great way to great way to end out the, the podcast. That's a great message in general. I appreciate that, Nick. Well, listeners, we'll catch you guys next time. Nick, thanks again for hopping on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you.